Welcome. It is the Ski Bum Podcast, and it is your pals, Mario and Brian. Mario, what's up? I'm feeling kind of special today. Uh, special. I don't know what it is. I think it's, I'm getting close to vacation. Uh, going to be doing some big mountain skiing. It's going to be fun. By the time this podcast is released, you could be on the snow. I could be. Think about that. I believe they were getting snow today, um, next week, Monday. Look at that. That would be nice. And a happy 2023 to everybody. This is our first episode of the new year. We didn't record one last week. There was holiday stuff. We were kind of spending time with family. We were out about. so Avoiding family too. That, avoiding that family. Works. You know, yeah, how it is. Whatever you got to do. <laughs> so hopefully you're on the slopes. You are getting some snow. You're doing some skiing. You're keeping it safe because, because Mario's going away. A lot of excitement, good things. This is going to be a very special Ski Bum Podcast episode. Because there's been a lot of very sad, bummery stuff that has been happening in the past week or so, past week or two weeks. And we got we to gotta talk about those stories. It can't all be fun and backflips into Corbett's and appraise with topless women. It could you know, be. There's, it, it could, could be. be. But... To every yin, there's yang. So we're all about the yang today. It's all yang. It's all yangs. But thanks so much for listening. We do appreciate it. Check us out, skibumpodcast.com. Find us on the socials, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Untapped, YouTube, at Podcast. We have a shop. Not too much in there. There's some stuff, few things, big sales. This shirt's still, we got a couple. Remember I told you I bought a few oh, extras for the slackers? got our red boots i got a couple more left nice skibumpodcast.com slash shop send us an email skibumpodcast at gmail.com go to your favorite podcasting apps rate and subscribe we really appreciate that we should have our sponsor back next week so we'll do that for now mario let's kick it off the way we always do it's time for our prey today Boom. So, Apre today, um, I'm taking it back to when I remember skiing in the Alps last, uh, which has been a while. And last time that was, it's kind of connecting the past to the future, I think. You guys were there right as things were getting crazy in what, January, February 2020, right? 2020 was January. And it was, yeah, just before February is when everything closed down, I think. So, we got back and we were there and in the Piedmont region. So, that's where COVID was they were saying was really bad too. I don't know why, but there was something going around. They said there was a stomach bug going around at the resort. So I'm like, Hmm, that sounded suspect. So I uh, brought it back. I was going to make, I thought about Negroni, but I, it was more of a beer night. So I went with a nice Peroni. Peroni to Negroni. Peronis to Negronis. <laughs> um, but yeah, so um, I actually have to go for blood work tomorrow. So I, I didn't open the champagne. I was going to really do like some French champagne, but, um, uh, Mr. Fancy. So, yeah. So we did on a uh, new year's Eve, my wife and I, I, I was ready to phone it in, but, uh, somehow, you know what it was, it was funny. We, we had a bottle that she got for her birthday last year. So a year and a half ago, I remembered at like one o'clock. I'm like, you know what? I'm putting the champagne on the, I'm going to put it on ice. I'm going to put nice. it in the fridge to cool it down. Cause usually you wait like, you want to have the champagne, you forget, you got to like put ice in it or something ghetto. I actually remembered it was that, what well, I don't know how to pronounce it. 
Vuvet something. There you go. That that stuff. That stuff. stuff. Had the rosé with a little special jacket that it had on it. It was all fancy. I like the rosé. Rosé very good. It was actually very good. I'm not a big champagne fan, but I killed the whole. We killed the whole bottle. That's good. Yeah, it was good. You know, and again, I was ready. I was I was so prepared to be the I'm going to bed at 10:30 guy. Dude, I was asleep by 10 o'clock. Dude, I was going to be that guy. And then we put on, so the kids are a pain in the butt and they didn't go to bed on time. They were all jacked up on sugar and stuff. We ended up putting on Trading Places because, I mean, I don't know any better New Year's Eve film than that. It's all New Year's right there. That's the best New Year's Eve movie that I know of. Oh, yeah. So we watched Trading Places. We enjoyed every, all the, it's so funny, like the warnings now at the beginning of the movie. Yeah. It's like language, nudity, blackface, so-and-so. It's like there's like 15 different things that are a problem in this movie. Yeah, it's pretty. Oh, yeah, there was blackface in there, wasn't there? Yeah, Dan Aykroyd was yeah. like a Jamaican. I remember, that's right. He acted like he dressed up as a Jamaican guy. God damn. I forgot about that. The movie Ooh. is so funny. It's so, it's still so Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Lionel James from Cameroon. <laughs> Lionel <laughs> Joseph. <laughs> That's who it was. So good. Ah, oh, I gotta watch that again. So if you any of you young bloods haven't watched Trading Places, it's find awesome. your wokest friend and go watch this movie because they're gonna crap themselves and it's gonna be hilarious. <laughs> the wokest friend. And that's yeah. Donkey, man. They'll get very uncomfortable very often. <laughs> It's that great. I'm gonna rip yeah. out your eye and piss on your brain. You think they'll ever do a redo of that? Um, they will, and it's gonna suck. It's gonna suck. It's gonna have like Zach Efron and something. Zach else. Efron as Dan Aykroyd, yeah. As Dan Aykroyd. Yeah. And uh Eddie Murphy is Eddie Murphy. Eddie, yeah, right. He looks great. He looks He's, great. Dan Aykroyd. Looks good. Not so great. <laughs> yeah. It would be like so watch um, that. Drink our champagne. Yeah, it was and then nice. again, then like my wife's like, let's put on the ball drop. And of course I put the ball drop on, and all I did was just get angry at everything I saw on TV. <laughs> I'm like, why is everything gotta be? It's like the Kia ball is dropping and the planet fitness fucking toast yeah. of 2023. It's like uh, everything is like just you can't just have a commercial. It's gotta be a sponsored toast. Yeah. It's horrible. The uh, ski bone podcast. Plumpkin of the night. I don't know. <laughs> the plumpkin. <laughs> it's the first plumpkin of 2023, sponsored by podcast.com That's right. Yeah. Weighing in at an amazing two ounces. <laughs> this plumpkin. Yeah, well, there uh, you go. So you got your Peroni. You're doing all right. Yeah. I drink a lot of champagne though. I got to say my yeah. wife and I were like, I think we might have a problem on the weekends. <laughs> we have literally, if you go to my, my fridge it rain any, every weekend at any time, I have three bottles of cold champagne right now. I got four. Cause I have a, um, a rosé in there too. Mm-hmm. And on the weekends, we'll go through that in a day. Sometimes God bless you. it's horrible. We God start in the morning. I mean, this is day drinking though at its finest. That's, That's a fun. beautiful thing. You know, it's uh, it's, you can do that. So you're at the time in your life. You can do that. So God bless you. Until I drop dead. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so I, uh, it's a Wednesday when we're recording this and you know, we've, we've talked about in the past. I'm sure you guys, the listeners have noticed too. When we podcast on Fridays and Saturdays, things get a little more intense, a little more silly. I think that might have to be our next podcast because that's a magical one. Oh, it is a magical one. It'll be 300. Big 300. Oof. Like, this is Sparta 300. It's going to be 300. Yeah. But 
So it's a Wednesday, and I will tell you, December, I talked about last episode, December was just brutal. From Thanksgiving on, everybody was sick, crapping my pants, getting fat, (laughs) not working out. And then, of course, the one weekend it wasn't, we weren't sick. We went to my wife's family to make cookies for Christmas. And, of course, I ate like a billion cookies that weekend. Damn. Got sick, stomach virus, crap my pants. <laughs> it just got, and then like Christmas, you're like, I'm going to go be like a fat bastard because I'm celebrating being alive. That was like so a whole like, synopsis from Thanksgiving to now. Dude, was, it was just, the whole month was just like fat fuckery. And just like, eat, 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 shit yourself. And now you're back not to. Not enough that. working out, fat fuckery. And I just, I don't want to be disgusting anymore. Like even New Year's Day, like we just like. Did we, you make friends with Ben and Jerry's again? No, dude, I haven't touched ice cream in a really? while. But things, remember I bought four Stolens. Yeah, I know. You're, number, number three is almost done. So we still have one on the on the ice right now. That's, that's staying it's cool. transference. You're, you're, you're putting, you're, you're eating stolen like it's ice cream now. Yeah, but Christmas cookies, like I can't not eat a billion Christmas cookies. Like it's just not even possible. And like I said, at Christmas, we went to my, my wife's family and we just like had epic dinner. And then we stayed over the next night. And then the 26th, like I, I had cheesecake for dessert. I had breakfast dessert. I had lunch dessert and I had dinner dessert (laughs) and it was cheesecake. My wife made a white chocolate cranberry cheesecake with a chocolate graham cracker crust that was out of this world. And I must've eaten 9,000 calories worth of that cheesecake on top of cookies and like the usual stuff. Oh, and she made cinnamon rolls. She made homemade cinnamon rolls for Christmas morning with brown butter, caramel frosting. Nice. I, I can't, I can't resist that. I'm only That's human. Man. Too. You, you gotta, you gotta just do it. I went to town. I went to absolute <laughs> town. So like after the new year's like, let's get pizza. So we ordered three pizzas for, cause our neighbors came over and we just, again, you tr- how do you stop yourself? You just got to go cold Turkey. Like yesterday <laughs> I started just cold ass Turkey. And now I'm thinking, what am I going to have for the podcast? Like, I don't want to hit it too hard either. Cause it's Wednesday and I got a lot of stuff going on. So I went back to my weird decision that I made back in September to buy those athletic brew near uh, beers. Yeah. yeah, I know. I, I, I would groan at myself as well. Mike Brian from 2015 is groaning so hard right now. Like you've no idea. <laughs> I went to a beer and bike ride at a brewery started and ended at a brewery and they had the athletic brewing company represented there. And I'm like, mm-hmm. why you, did you, you pack him with beers? You realize we came to do a bike ride that starts and ends at a brewery, like not an athletic brewery, but a brewery. Nobody wants to be sober after a bike ride. It's very weird. But I will tell you, if you've given up all hope on life, this is delicious. (laughs) It's not bad. It's Which one is that? It's like drinking like wheat juice or something. This is the golden, the upside dawn. Golden shower. There's a little bit of golden shower in each one of these. It's so funny though. I'm used to like regular, like those giant, you know, big old double IPA cans. So when I hold this can, I feel like I'm Andre the Giant. It's like a baby can. Anybody want a peanut? <laughs> but yeah, it's, you know, 45 calories. Yeah, it's, it actually doesn't taste bad. Hmm. It just doesn't really do anything. You know, yeah. you know what I think about this beer? When I bought these beers, do you ever remember a time in your life when you saw a, perhaps a female and maybe like college I'm, I'm thinking of my specific example you see a girl and instantly you've created a profile for her you're like oh she's smart she's beautiful she's gonna be the 
mother of my children. She's going to do this and that. And then you go and you actually like talk to her or see her up close. And she has like a, like a guns and roses tattoo between her, in her boobs. And she talks mm. like, she says fuck every other word. And you're like, wow, wow this is not what I expected hell? this to be. This is like, I've painted this picture of what this would be. And this is not anything like that drawing. Exactly. That's kind of this beer was. I was expecting to be blown away by this because I'm delusional and stupid. And I don't know. Watch those Lindsay Lohan Christmas ski movies. Uh, and this, this you're sitting there, this was crafted the same way with the, this is exactly what it's supposed to be. Uh, it's just a sad, I mean, it's not right. Like I don't want it to be, I don't want to trash it either. Like a wisp it, of a real beer. It kind of tastes okay. You know, like it's not gross, but it's How just, about- if you put the weed additive in there, I don't know. It's a funny, you read all these like, you know, New Year's stuff, and everyone's like, you know what? If you want to lose weight, first thing I do, you got to cut out alcohol, zero, zero drinks. And people are like, I cut out booze and I'm so happy, and blah, blah, blah. I saw one, one uh, post say, someone's like, what you should do is definitely don't cut out alcohol because they get like eight reasons. And number one is like, you can't trust someone who doesn't drink. <laughs> <laughs> and just started like people if you don't drink like your life is boring you don't do cool stuff it was kind of like a spoofy post but yeah. kind of funny but that's what this beer is it's like like if i said to you i'm never drinking a beer again i'm only drinking these you'd be like mm, mm. why well What's in your closet what are you doing I, I have had on the show the uh those additives the the thc additives the marijuana additives you put that in there and then you're just drinking a non-alcoholic Marijuana beer. It's true. See, that would be good for that. You're opening, you're freeing your mind. <laughs> There's a place for everything. That's, That's what I think. Amen to that. Like, if I want to go drive around with the kids, like, I'll drink a couple of these in the car. Yeah. You know? Are you going to be like the dipshit on that commercial was the um, the Heineken Zero? And he's sitting there and the cop comes up to the car and he smiles. He looks at the cop. He's like, look. And the cop, <laughs> cop says, yeah, look. And he's parked under a no parking sign or something yeah. like that. And then he beat him with the with the with the uh, nightstick, and that's true. They, <laughs> they panned out, and that was it. Fade to black. Yeah, and scene. <laughs> but yeah, athletic brewing. God bless wow. you. All right, with that, let's go to ski news. First off, there was an article in the Durango Herald recapping two pretty terrible incidents that just happened in the past couple of weeks in Colorado. So two people have died in slides in December and avalanche risk remains considerable after storms. Heavy and wet snow blanketing a weakened snowpack has spiked avalanche danger across Colorado's high country. The Colorado Avalanche Information Center issued a considerable avalanche warning level three of five across the state for Wednesday and Thursday, and two avalanche-related deaths have already occurred this season. Andy Feinstein, president of the University of Northern Colorado, and his son were skiing in the backcountry beyond the Breckenridge ski area on New Year's Eve when both were buried in an avalanche. Feinstein told the Greeley Tribune he was able to free himself from the snow and call 911 for help. Rescue teams found his son, Nick, 22, dead at 3.11 p.m., according to a preliminary report from CAIC. I couldn't even imagine as a father what that must feel like, knowing 
like to have just gone out skiing with your son and have I have him die. Like I just yeah. I can't imagine what that guy must feel like right now. It's absolutely horrible. I don't have all the details on the story, but I was talking to our buddy Nick. Shout out to Nick. He was out in Colorado and like he, he uh from what he was saying, it sounds like those guys were just doing like a side country, you know, you know, tour, jaunt, whatever you want to call it. And they didn't have all their gear with them. Like they didn't have beacons, they didn't have shovels, they didn't have they anything. it's close enough that we were safe enough. Uh, it's not gonna happen to me, right? Yeah. So that's the story on that one. And then there was another story, and this happened December twenty-sixth. There was an avalanche near Berthod Pass, which caught four people and fully buried two in the snow, CAIC reported. A 44-year-old snowboarder, the father of the other three, was buried and killed in the steep nitro chute on the west side of Berthod Pass. The CAIC risk level for that area on December 26th was moderate, a level two of five. Backcountry skier was buried and killed the same area on the same day in 2020, marking the fourth fatality in the season that would eventually see 12 backcountry travelers killed in avalanches. Hmm. So I read the full CAIC report on this incident and it talks about how they were they kind of ducked off from winter park his father and three kids one was a skier one was a, had a split board two had snowboards and it kept talking about how they were creating a big jump in that area and mm-hmm. there had also been another avalanche that was triggered like an hour or so earlier and they don't know if the this group saw that other avalanche to kind of give them the indication that maybe the pack isn't as stable as they think. They had had been building a ramp there and they were doing some jumps off of it. Hmm. And then, you know, they kind of go through the whole, you know, I'll put, we'll put the link in the show notes to the, the, the CAIC incident report. And it is extremely detailed with pictures and Uh um, it's, it's, it's incredible the work they do out there that the Colorado Avalanche Information Center, when they do any sort of reporting on these. So, it's, yeah, I guess they, um, the one, the, the two avoided the avalanche and the two were buried. So the two who were free of it, they turned on their, their receivers and they went searching. They found the other brother. They dug him out enough where he could breathe. And then they went searching for the father. The problem was the two receivers of the two buried were so close that they had trouble finding the father. Mm. And now again, hindsight, Monday morning quarterback, you can look at this and go, okay, if they had turned off the first brother's receiver, it would have made it easier to find the father. Yeah. But when you're in that sort of panic mode, you're just, time is of the essence. You're just yeah. you're just adrenaline. And think about think about like teenage you, how you would handle that situation. Yeah, I mean, all you think is just shovel, shovel, like just as much work as effort is crazy to try to find your dad. And uh, unfortunately, you know they they got to him a little bit too late. They said he was face down, facing downhill. So he must have kind of gone forward and probably, I mean, there's only, I think it's only a foot and a half of snow, which again, you don't wow. think is much, but if it's a wet pack snow. Or if he's knocked out. You, you know, he's not, there you go. Exactly. Could have hit, hit his head, been knocked out. Maybe like messed up his arm. It couldn't like, you know, dig himself out. Like you just don't know what happened to get to that point. But 
Man. Eventually, they have uh, the rescue teams, and there was I think there was like two or three other groups of backcountry travelers that that got to the the area too, and were trying to do whatever they could to help. But it's just such a like a an awful awful story, and you know, there's you just you know you kind of think about like how you would have handled it, and kind of just take these people's unfortunate situations and take that knowledge and try to apply it to when you go out there and, and try to not make the mistakes that they made. So Man. stay safe out there. Uh, get out there, have fun, but just be smart. Yeah. Everybody just stay safe if you can. That's all you can do. All right. Next up, some more disturbing news. Park City Resort, uh, Utah patroller killed after tree falls on chairlift. So uh, additional details emerged about a tragic incident at Park City Mountain in Utah uh, on Monday when an employee was killed after a tree fell on a chairlift. So the employee was an on-duty ski patroller and he was 29 riding the shortcut trail shortcut tra- uh, chair when a large pine tree fell onto the chairlift itself uh, and the cable, which caused some oscillating of the chair itself. Uh, and they don't really know if the safety bar was down when this all happened, but uh, the employee fell 25 feet. Uh, but, but after a closer investigation, they estimated it was closer to 50 feet. Uh, and then I guess he was, uh, kind of buried and now they're investigating like should the tree have been been there like they're supposed to you know cut them down if they are within a certain area of the uh of the lift so they're kind of there's a lot of investigating going on i think they're trying to f- figure out if somebody's responsible or what's going on so yeah they still keep updating this because it's only happened on monday we're getting recording this on on wednesday yeah the one thing that's strange too is, uh, so according to Robert Miles, traffic and safety director at the Utah Department of Transportation, ski lifts should have a five foot clearance around them when they're operating from vegetation, tree branches, trees, anything of that sort. Hmm. Trees can tower above and within the radius of a lift. Only the ones that are dying or look as if they are about to fall need to be cleared. That's kind of a vague definition. And it's an interpretation. So you're uh-huh. you're going to have to, what's your definition of that? Everybody's going to have their own interpretation, I would imagine. So yeah, they leave it like that, I'm sure, for a reason. Oof. Well, yeah, it's like that vagueness that can keep you from being sued. Right. Yeah. So yeah, I guess the, again, the pine tree fell, hit the line, bounced him off and out. Mm. So yeah, it makes you wonder, was, did he have the bar down? Well, and then they're trying to figure out, did he die from getting hit by the tree or asphyxiation when he went face first into the snow or something like it's, it's weird. So they're doing all all sorts of investigations on it. Yeah. I mean, and depending too on what kind of, you know, bar setup they have there, you got to wonder, like if it's one of the ones where you have the footrest on there Mm -hmm. and the tree hit the line would that have ejected him or would you know if you're sitting on that you know like if your feet are on the the footrest i mean that's keeping the bar down it's almost locking you in place yeah but could you still have ejected head first if that was down again it's it's again monday morning quarterback it doesn't matter at this point either right but 
it makes you wonder like how it how it happened and, and could it have been avoided. Yeah, that's kind of crazy accident. Well, <clears throat> it just sucks. And then yeah, hits just keep coming. Yeah. Rally driver Ken Block dies in snowmobile accident. Mm. So Ken Block, famed professional rally driver and the driving force behind the Hoonigan brand, has passed away at the age of 55 in a snowmobile accident on Monday. Block was a transcendent action sports star who competed in skateboarding, snowboarding, and motocross events during his storied career. He was also famous for his Gymkhana series of extreme auto sports videos, and he co-founded the DC Shoes brand. Hmm. Hoonigan posted the following statement to the brand Instagram account. It's with our deepest regrets that we can confirm that Ken Block passed away in a snowmobile accident today. Ken was a visionary, a pioneer, and an icon. And most importantly, a father and a husband. He will be incredibly missed. Please respect the family's privacy at this time while they grieve. His most recent video on his YouTube channel is the final part in a series where Block builds a drift car with his 16-year-old daughter, Leah. TMZ reported Block had posted images of his snowmobiling in Utah to his personal Instagram page earlier on Monday. The Wasatch County Sheriff's Office posted to social media that Block was riding a snowmobile on a steep slope when the snowmobile upended, landing on top of him. He was pronounced deceased at the scene. Sheriff's Man. Office also shared that Block was alone at the time, but had been riding with a group. Wow. Like, I mean, I, ju- I was, you were saying before we started recording, I was just watching the latest Jim Connor, like maybe three weeks ago. The one wow. where he was in Vegas with the um, electric Audi, like screeching around. You hmm. know, he just seemed like he was one of those like indestructible, godly you know, like superstars, you know, just the way, you know, this, he's done a couple of those ones where he's out, like they had like a Ford F-150 or Raptor with the, with the tracks on there, cruising around, pulling snowboarders. Like they've done all kinds of stuff. Hmm. And, yeah. you know, you think you're just cruising on a snowmobile, like considering how insane the things he has done and as well as, you know, had no incidents. I mean, how can you think this is going to happen? That's, yeah, but that's again, Stuff does happen. Just when you think it won't happen to you, that's when it happens to you. Boom. And to have like, you know, three kids and a wife at home, like that's, that's the worst. And again, it's, mm. and I feel even, uh, cause my daughter's name is Leah too. So that, that actually hits even harder to me. So yeah. Oh, uh, to the block family, like just, you know, ugh, you know, like you just say, sorry, like, what else can you even say at this point? Yeah. Ooh. All right. Speaking about another, Unfortunate thing happening to a famous person. Um, Jeremy Renner was run over by a snowcat while trying to dig out a car. So he was critically injured by his own seven-ton snow machine. So serious industry, serious industry, indie, yeah, I can't speak today. Uh, could have been that gummy before. Uh, serious yeah. injuries. <laughs> um, actor Jeremy Renner suffered while using his snowcat tractor to free a snowbound motorist on a private mountain road near Lake Tahoe appear to be a tragic, tragic accident. Uh, so sheriff in Reno said, so a uh, 51 year old star was seriously hurt when he was run over by his own snowcat after using it to free a vehicle driven by a family member that became stuck in three feet of fresh mountain snow on new year's day, man, that's a, that's a pain in the ass right there. Like, like happy new year. It's got run over New Year's day. Well, it's interesting. Cause I, he, like I said, he was trying to help somebody out 
and then I guess, remember it says, yeah. And then it started to roll, and he tried to climb back in, and then yeah. he got run over. Oof. So I wonder, because you, you know, we've all seen those those treads. Like it's they're pretty they're pretty serious. I wonder, I wonder if, if he, he like, didn't have slipped. it. Yeah, or if he didn't have it in gear and it just kind of kept going. I have two additional questions regarding this whole thing. Mm. Number one, do you need some sort of license to drive a snowcat? I know we've seen the courses where if you're at a resort, you gotta you gotta pass like a, you gotta do like a forty hour, you know, safety and almost like a not like a CDL, but there is some sort of requirements, maybe like a forklift operator license, like that, like a similar thing you would need if you were doing it commercially. And two, how much is a used piston bully? Mm. Or new? I don't know what Jeremy Renner. I mean, you know, he's got a ventures money. So and also he's very into real estate. He's got a bunch of, you know, real estate stuff that he does on the side. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting factoid. Yeah, they have a description. They say after successfully towing his personal vehicle from a stuck location, he got out uh, to speak to to his family member and the piston bully started to roll. And in an effort to stop it, he attempted to climb back in the driver's seat and he basically probably slipped. And that's where he ran over, got run over. It's harsh, man. That's rough. So I'm looking here on machinerytrader.com. I don't and think an they, arrow would have been able to save him. What do you think? I mean, I don't know how many arrows he can fire off in, in a very short period of time. It's a flaw on his Avengers well, character. Also, I mean. Well, also, too, like, could he have hotwired that snowcat? Is that why he had it? I mean, it's not his. You know, that we're referencing the town now when he was, they're doing the, uh, well, they're doing bank robberies back then. Yeah, in the town. Town, but they would they'd also stole cars. That was part of their thing, right? That would they call the the rich people who moved in Toonies because they yeah. all had the fancy Blaupunkt radios. Toonies. For all you nice. uh folks who remember aftermarket radios. That's right. So, so here we go. Here's here's an older piston boy for 125,000 Damn. That's like a 2012. Like I want to see like what's like a 2022 piston bully going for? It's really hard to find pricing. These are all in Germany. I'm not buying one in Germany. Machinio.com. But a new pit, a PB400. Here we go. This one's like 64,000. It's a 2011. I don't want a 2011. 10,000 hours. I want a new. No, new one. Like, do you think Jeremy Renner's buying a new one, though? I think he, well. Why would he buy a used one? Did he do it? Did he do an ad for a piston bullet? You never know. You get a little deal, right? Perhaps. You know, like those Japanese commercials where like Arnold Schwarzenegger is selling like, like body lotion. Oh yeah. Yeah. One of those. One of those. Exactly. Right. Again, 1996 piston bully. These are like old throwback ones. Now the throwback ones, I got to tell you, they're a lot cooler. Let's be honest. Like the old Tuckers obviously are like the coolest things ever, but, and hopefully with this whole down, down like stock market and everything, maybe people are going to start selling their old Tuckers. That'd be kind of cool. Yeah. Right. So I actually found something where they're, they, it's an article where they're talking about Renner and his, his snow cat. Oh, really? From his own Instagram account, it reads um, that he was, constructing a sledding course for his kids in the Nevada snow around his home in Washoe County and purchased the old snowcat uh, 
to ensure they didn't have to settle for sledding down some regular unprepared hill. God damn. That's pretty so awesome. They're saying it's likely a PB uh, 240B. All right, that's a smaller one. Or like the Piston Bully 200. All right. So that isn't like the big monster 400 or 600s. Yeah, that's that's the word on the street. Okay. Still, not a, no joke. Serious yeah. machine. Yeah. So he probably dropped, I don't know, what are we saying? 100,000? Wait, I'm looking 150. at it Let's see, the PB... Yeah, it's a 1989. Oh, an 89. All right. So he probably just, that's probably under 30,000 then. So why are you so freaking cheap, Jeremy Renner? You can go no, buy a cool. brand new one. Yeah. You should have gotten one with brakes, parking brake. Yeah, right. Maybe you should have gotten a brand new one and it wouldn't run your ass over. Well, if there would have been another goddamn Avengers movie because of the stupid pandemic, I couldn't afford a new piston bully. Yeah, right. Well, Hawkeye, maybe you would have seen it or heard the fact that you missed to jump in the seat. Should have got that Hulk roll, man. That's actually, you know, I've I've had like that's always been a fear. Like if you're working under a car, like I don't think a lot of people work under cars anymore, but back in the day when I was working under cars, like that would always bother me. I'm like, you know, I want to get under here. If that brake goes, this car's running over me. Yeah. You know, you're going to be under there changing the oil and all of a sudden <laughs> crushed. It's true. <clears throat> like a bug. All right. So here's an 88 for 15,000. Oh, that's not bad. An 88 Piston Bully 240D. I wonder if you want a card game. 15 grand. Right? Yeah. So, think about the Mega Millions this week. I'm going to get a uh, my own little ski run with Piston Bully and my own uh my own lift. There you go. In Florida? In Florida. Oh no, it's going to be it's going to be out west. Aspen? Nope. <laughs> nope. Not even tell us where it's going to be. The most private It's going to be private super secret club. There you go. Be better than, <laughs> more fabulous than any club ever. We should, you know what we should do? You should join the, the Yellowstone Club and we should do like a Caddyshack. Like we should Caddyshack the Yellowstone Club. That would be, you know, it'd be nice to buy like land right next to the Yellowstone Club and set up like just a, a total, like the McDowell's of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Called like the Jellystone Club. The Jellystone Club. Have like a bear <laughs> and shit like that. Yeah, like just, right now, right? Just kind of get get prepared to get sued by every marketing thing. Or you can go full psychopath and you could just get a place next to the Yellowstone Club and just start like releasing wild animals uh, into the Yellowstone yeah. Club, like wolves and a wolf tigers. Preserve. Yeah, like a wolf preserve. Just like <laughs> just let them. This is the Yellowstone Club wolf preserve. Like, <laughs> occasionally they get out and they're hungry. Like that goddamn guy keeps breeding these wolves. What? Like, like it's trying, like trying to breed them bigger. Trying to get a, a like wolf so, and a buffalo. Like snow leopards. A couple of those running around the, uh, the old Yellowstone Club. This secret, like, evil lab just to get the Yellowstone keeps Club. Keeps Justin Timberlake on his toes when he's out there. Dude, I'm telling you, a wolf and a buffalo. You get those two together, you get a buffalo wolf. That's a dire wolf. It's going wolf around eating, like, whole families at a time. It's a wolfalo. 
Buffalo. I like it. You know, the meat from that thing would be great. Delicious. It'd be fast and delicious. <laughs> fast, ferocious, and delicious. McWuffalo. Right. That's right. Damn. It's like the McRib, but you know, a little more protein. Yeah, what would you eat on a wolf? I don't even know. Everything. Wow. And all the organs. Organs are delicious. Is ah. it too close to a dog to enjoy though? There's a story about some lady thinking she was like, there was a wolf on her property. It was actually a husky and she shot it. Uh, that could rough. be. Yeah. That's the problem with the wolf. The buffalo. Yeah, it's, it's kind of a, what they call that? Pet buffalo. A few pet buffalo. A few pet buffalo. Yeah. Just like running around like the neighbors would be like, man, I'll get your goddamn buffalo off of my land. My Christmas story. Like the Bumpus's dogs. <laughs> That's this thing. You just be like out buffaloes. there. Trampling people's like you know yard cars like whatever they got in the in the driveway it's just squished. And Corky didn't stand a chance. <laughs> they ate it. Yeah. They got like the little faces that are just like eating, yeah. eating a lot of grass. So Jeremy, get better. Get back out there. Find another snow cat. Get a better one this time. A little fancier one. Yeah. I think you deserve it at this point. You are. You worked hard. You were Hawkeye. You actually had to have a bow and arrow when, you're the, when your teammate was the Hulk. I mean, come on. And Thor. A little like, outgunned. That's tough to do. You're a little Iron Man. I mean, you're outgunned from yeah. the start. Exactly. But anyway, since we're in Tahoe, we might as well stay there for at least one happy story. Oh, here we go. So Palisades Tahoe used to be called Valley. They I'm going to say it used to be formerly known dare. as... Don't you, don't you dare say that word. I will be triggered. <laughs> 32 <laughs> inches of snow in 24 hours. So this is from the blog at Palisades Tahoe. What an awesome way to start 2023. Across all of our elevations, we received more than 32 inches of snow. This storm has been an absolute whirlwind. There were moments... When we thought it was going to be all rain, but snow levels dropped early yesterday morning and our snow levels have obliterated any projections. 32 inches is what we reported in the Palisades base area. So the higher you go up, the deeper it gets. At one point, it was snowing seven inches per hour yesterday wow. evening. This storm set a record for our mountains as the most snow ever recorded in a 12-hour period. We were able to get quite a few lifts open today, and we're adding even more to the schedule tomorrow ahead of another storm. So they're about to get pounded with a few more feet of snow this upcoming weekend. While yeah. in the Northeast, it's basically 60 degrees here. So hmm. it'll be funny if they, they put out all their media and it had like, it would, <laughs> they try to make it like funny and it just like totally fall on its face if they tried to put in like an Indian theme on the, on the whole thing. Like we make them big snow, that kind of stuff. And it would just kind of go against them changing their name. Like right. only if we had it, if only we had as much wampum as we have snow, we'd be in business. Exactly. Right. The rainmakers are out there doing the rain dance. Yeah. You know, something like that. Like, yeah, I don't know. Terrible. Don't know if that would work. Yeah. They're showing pictures here. And, you know, it's, it's, it's one of those things snow. where it's it's almost up to the lift. You know, the snow is almost as high as the, the bottom of the chairlift. They're showing the uh, some groomer pictures. The groomers are all buried. Here's one picture um, where the snow is actually covering the chair. Damn. In a couple spots. Is it uh, This snow cat is just buried 
I don't even know how you even get in, into the thing at this point. Hmm. The base-to-base gondola, just tons of snow. I mean, it looks it looks pretty epic. So if you were out there, your timing was absolutely wonderful. And it was a great time. But, but, but at the same token, because of all the weather and the harshness of it, their pals around the other side of Lake Tahoe over at Heavenly, they had some issues. They had some issues indeed. Yes. This was posted on the second and they were like, it was a difficult day again, specifically when it came to shuttles and getting our guests to the California side of Heavenly. This was a result of not having the gondola or Nevada side open due to the ongoing power outage Mm. with great skiing conditions and an uptick in holiday visitors, traffic and gridlock became an issue quickly this morning. While we had eight shuttles running to transport guests to and from Heavenly Village, we had to suspend these operations around 11 and allow traffic to clear up. In the afternoon, we were able to reopen additional parking at California Main Lodge, which alleviated some of the problem. Uh, Thanks to the continued hard work by our teams, we did get Canyon Express open to allow for a slightly larger footprint than yesterday. Sky was one of our main focuses all day as well. The rime ice at the top of Sky is as bad as some 30-year staff members have ever seen. We also had teams working on Nevada lifts to prepare them for opening as soon as power lines and outages are repaired. So it turned into the East Coast for one day, and they're saying it was the worst in 30 years. (laughs) Right. Right. Yeah. So It's like a powder day at Killington right there. Yeah, so they got pummeled with snow but they also had some some incidences and yeah it's better than having 60 degrees and no snow and rain so that could be the opposite right yeah it's it's been very very different a tale of two different winters on the east coast and west coast this year so hopefully we get some more snow on the east coast and mario since you are heading over to europe we got one other fun little story. Yeah. And our somber ski news. So there, uh, so to kick off my trip over to France, I'm going to see for myself, uh, this French ski resort band smoking, which is the first to be ta- tobacco free in Europe. And anybody that's been to Europe knows they smoke a lot over there and everywhere. Um, so the ski area of Leggett's is now officially tobacco-free, first in Europe. Although tobacco-free ski areas have existed for several years in North America, Japan, and New Zealand, Leggett's approach is a first in all of Europe. So smoking is now prohibited in the entire communal area, both on the ski lifts and on the slopes. Only five smoking areas will be set up for those who still wish to take a cigarette break. So they want to showcase the clean air of the mountain um, and just being outside. So that's why they push to do this. But they're saying that more than 3,000 cigarette butts, cigarette butts are collected annually on the Leggett ski area, each representing 150 substances that are toxic to the environment, nearly 4,000 pollutants, um, and up to 300 liters of polluted water um are are you know in 10 to 15 years uh you know taking a breakdown so there's a lot that goes that they've thought into this and they've decided to do it so um pretty interesting 
I imagine it's not going to be the first one, right? Uh, it's not going to be the last one. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's one of those things. As soon as this starts, it's just not going to stop. Yeah, you know, like it's it's just gonna. This is just the uh, the opening, the opening track. I think of the and, album that is the removal of cigarettes from all European <laughs> ski areas. Yeah, right. I remember the first time we went to Europe, and it was you know they started doing the. Um, you know, the no smoking public areas here. And as we, we kept going to Europe, you know, over and over, like you really notice now how much it, it was like, you know, taking a time machine back in time when people were smoking inside. So it's crazy. It's funny too watching like old movies and you see people like smoking on airplanes. Yeah. Like that was crazy. And that was the dumbest thing ever. Cause it's like, you're right smoking section, smoking section. Yeah. There's a great, I was actually just listening to a, a Joe Rogan podcast and he had on a clip talking about that. They're talking about Bertram Russell and you know, he was an intellectual and a brilliant guy and he was a big smoker and he was in his, yeah, he was pretty old when he died. And he's like, actually one point he's like, I was on a plane and I was supposed to be in first class, but I wanted to smoke. So I lit one up and they moved back to the smoking section. The plane cr- like crashed and the whole like f- non-smoking section died and all the smokers were okay. She's like, so smoking actually saved my life. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> Fuck about and find out, right? That's what happens. Yeah. You just, uh, you don't know. You don't know. You can't you can't follow every rule. You can't be afraid of everything. You can't not follow every rule. You just gotta pick your battles, right? Yeah. Exactly. The world's a complex place. We're complicated people. Everything's you think you know something. A lot of times you don't know the whole story. So Yeah. And smoking's all, good for you, smoking's bad for you. It depends who's doing the study. Yeah, it goes. We're all just we're all just figuring this out together, guys. People. Yeah. Things. We'll figure it out in number 300 that's coming up. We got 300 coming up. Yeah, this is 299. We don't have a main topic. It was really kind of a focus on all of our, our news, ski news stories this week. They were the most important thing. A lot of really, you know, somber, sad, but informative and important stories that we were talking about. But Mario, you're you're heading out for Europe. Let's uh let's give a little quick recap. Where are you going exactly? So I will be going to Valterens to Club Med. Gonna be skiing there, guide the whole week, and eating my eating, drinking my face off. Uh looking to get the hell out of here because work's been really rough. So it'll be nice to get away, be able to ski, reset. Um, it'll be fun. So if any stalkers are looking for Mario, Valterens, Club Med. You know what he looks like. You're watching this podcast right now. You can find him. He, he doesn't hide. Yeah, I'll say yeah. hi. We'll drink together. La Folle Deuce. Are you going to be that? We're going to be at most times at Apre. Uh, you know what? I want to go there at least one day. So we'll see. Um, yeah, it's going to have to happen one day at least. That and I want to do the zip line again. My wife wants to do the zip line. Can you wear your skis and backflip out of the zip line onto the slopes? No, but you actually take it peak to peak with your skis attached to you behind you and you zip line like it's almost two miles it's like one of the longest in uh in europe and you jump off and start skiing again and then you start skiing again yeah oh that's very cool <laughs> so is there anything else that you are that you kind of have on your list of things you got to hit while you were there it's just going to be skiing um 
definitely want to do the Fale Deuce um, and the zip line. Don't know about the uh, ice driving because they have the driving on a on a lake, uh, and they have everything from they have like multiple different ways. Like you could do go karts all the way up to like actual cars just zipping around. So depending on how much you want to pay, of course. <laughs> so you could do like a like a Lamborghini if you really wanted to. Yeah, I think they have more. It's like a um, like a rally car they have. Oh, that's cool. So they're pretty cool. Like they're they're, and you you slide around. I mean, it's like a big course. They have like you know the little one, almost like a go kart track, and that's like the the smallest one. And then they go up from there to like some serious serious rides. And they got some pretty hardcore snow tubing. It looks like. Yeah, I'm not. I'm I'm not thinking I'm going to do snow tubing. Once you've done the death sleds, right? You kind of, you know, my wife, little... my wife saw the death sleds uh, on there. So I don't know if they're the same. They don't look as dangerous. So I'm kind of like, ah, those aren't the real ones that you want to do. <laughs> the ones we did in um, Ishkill, Ishkill were you, were you were bleeding afterwards. I took a chunk out of my leg. Yeah. Oh, that was rough. Chick ran into me and that was it. I hit him. <laughs> yeah. If you don't know about the death sleds, just go on YouTube and watch some of those videos. I mean, they oh, give yeah. you like these, like, I mean, they're not, would you call them ghetto sleds? They're just sort of. They're just, you're going simple. down a ski mountain on a simple sled and there's no way to stop. You're going to get too fast and they're, and you're just going to crash into stuff. That's really you what do they're designed at, to do. You do it at night. Yeah. You do it at night and no one's really sober. Yeah. And there's not really any sort of safety protocols, bunches of like, you know, whatever, depending on what European town you're in, it's somebody smoking, just handing you a sled. And there's like, yeah, let's go. Just go. How do you work these? You put it on the thing and you go. That's it. Like figure it out. (laughs) That's right. What are you stupid, (laughs) stupid American? Uh, Craziness. Crazy, crazy. I think I did it. So when... I did him again when, when I was with the club in Cortina and for some reason they did it like the first night we were there or the second night we were there. So of course you do the test sleds. One person broke their wrist. Another person like scraped up their face cause they weren't wearing their helmet cause they're a dipshit. Um, it was just bad. And I was like, and then it kind of ruined the trip for them. And I was like, yeah, why would we do that on the first day? You know, after the first day of skiing, just kind of, kind of weird. But um, that one, they actually, everybody partied up pretty hard. And, you know, the ski club can, they can, they can hold their it's own. It's a drinking club that yeah, likes the snow. That likes the snow. And uh, so we get ready, you know, they, they come to pick us up at the hotel and they take us up on these uh, snowmobiles. It was pretty cool, you know, van and then snowmobile up the mountain and they shuttle, you know, a few groups up and like, you know, there's about 12 of us, maybe more. And they shuttle us up to like the uh, like a little warming hut up there, and it's like, mm-hmm. oh, everything was nice and all. And they're like, yeah, we have like um, grappa and and wine for you guys. We're like, oh, we're not just going. We thought like you just pick us up and you <laughs> go. And like, no, no, we drink for a little bit. So we <laughs> you're gonna do more. this, so but I assure you, <laughs> yeah. So we drank even more. It was just bizarre. I was like, I, I can't believe you're giving us like grappa and all this other stuff before you, you take us sledding at night with no lights. Yeah. If if you're a serious skier or snowboarder and you have not been to the Alps, 
make make it a priority in the next short period of time because i mean it's the birthplace of alpine skiing it the vibe there is so different it's unlike anything in the u.s it's 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 a cultural thing it's yeah it's pretty incredible Uh, i mean i remember first time we went you know we went with the ski club to zermatt and I mean, I wish I would had gone a couple years later because I think I would have appreciated it more. Yeah. You know, because would have been a better skier, would have had a little couple more miles under my belt around you know going to places in North America. But it's just it's otherworldly. I mean, yeah. it's you know, like those snow globes that you see, it has like a little village in there. Like that's what it is. There's I means Vermont specifically, there's no cars there. There's just little electric taxis and horses and oh, a Matterhorn. Great. And I got to say, that's that's a special place. Oh, my God. I just I, I always think about that champagne bar, too. Mm, yep. The little so champagne bar. We're talking about the sleds. And I think I guess they must start them a little bit earlier over there. Yeah. There was this because in Europe, the the last runs that come off the mountain, they all have <laughs> bars along them. Yeah. So it's not like you go and you get off your boots and your skis and then you go meandering over to your bar. Like the bar is there. I mean, it's slope side. And it's funny that that first day we were there, we uh, ended up splitting apart. You were with Andrea. I was with, um, with our buddy, Mike. (laughs) Again, people you meet on a trip, you become best friends for a week and you never see them again. Like, yeah, that's how it is. Napoleon Dynamite. That's what we called him. (laughs) That's right. I remember. So him and I were asking for a bit. You guys were like, oh, we're going to go and, and head down. And amazingly, we just ended up going on the same trail. And you guys had stopped and we're having a drink. And we came down and we're like, whoa, what is this place? And you guys were yelling. And we're like, <laughs> oh, my God, like, you guys are here. Like, this is amazing. And it's just, it was just this, there was heat lamps. There was bales of hay you sat on. But it, it was, was a, it was like a little hut, too, on the side. And they had, you know, with, they had furs, like they had fur things lining, like, like animal pelts, pretty much animal pelts and, and chairs. And they gave you blankets. Like it was, it was magical. And we're just sitting out there having champagne, beautiful, beautiful looking. Everybody that was going by that was flying by was like almost stopping saying, what the hell is going on here? Wasn't it like, wasn't the, uh, the bartender from like Costa Rica or something? Yeah. She was, uh, from some, or it might've been, yeah. Costa Rica, I think. I have a couple pictures. I'm looking at my my phone. Oh, check it out. So if you're watching the YouTube video, this is me and Andrea at the Champagne Bar. See, it's that same uh, Vuvu Collect, whatever it's called. Vuvu Collect, yeah. And I'm actually, I think I'm across the the ski run taking that picture. Yes. (laughs) And this is actually an awesome picture because you can actually see. Yeah. This is the trail. There's the trail. People are skiing, people are sledding, and the bar is right there. Yeah. And you could be on the other side from where the actual champagne bar was. Just people, I think that's where you guys were sitting kind of up there. Yeah. Kind of taking it all watching for you guys. Yeah. That's funny. Oh my God. Like I uh like I just I'm getting goosebumps like thinking about this place because it was like unlike anything I'd ever seen before. Like, it was, it was so a cool. different world. It was yeah. I mean, and I gotta say, Zermatt was the night scene was was better than some of the others. Like Ishko was like just <clears throat> party puke and just all dudes and uh, <laughs> like Zermatt was like a real town. It was it was kind of nice. And the best thing was there was another bar that we stopped at along that same trail before we got off the mountain. 
And here is the view from that place. Look, you can see the Matterhorn in the background. Yeah. I mean, come That's on, nice. man. That's come a, on, the man. little town right there spilling into the valley. Ah, oh, it was just unlike anything. And there's the, the, yeah, all the different technology they have in Europe is, is amazing too. Like the, the different kinds of the lift, the lift the trams, the inclinators everything. and yeah, that subway thing. Yeah. That was called it was funicular. Funicular. That's it. Inclinator is what they call the hotel, the Luxor. Those weird. Oh yeah. Kind of like the inclinators <laughs> that go up the sides of the inside the pyramid. That's funny. Yeah. It's about, and the train, the cog train. I mean, that's cog the, train. that's the coolest thing ever. Gornagrat right? train. Yeah. It's a, it's a train. It's got the cogs and that's, that was your chairlift every morning. Yeah. We would walk from the hotel. We would go to the train station. We'd pick up the train and up the mountain you went. And you took it once a day. It's all you had to do because there were so many other lifts. You never went down to the bottom again. Yep. What's the vertical? Is it like 7,000 or something? That's Vermont. I don't know. Let's see. Maybe it's not that high, but it's it's like over five. That's for sure. Like way over. They're saying four, uh, seven thousand four hundred seventy-seven feet of vertical. All right, so I was I was close then. Yes, yeah. seven thousand feet of vertical. Vert. It was just massive. You're just skiing. You're like this is. I'm never ending. I'm just out in the wilderness for all day skiing. It's great. Yeah. It's unlike anything. And lift tickets are not expensive. That's the crazy thing. Oh, yeah. Was it like 400 Swiss francs for the week, pretty much? Yeah. Something with the insurance. Like yeah, with the insurance. If that. I don't know if it was even that much, but yeah, it was definitely. It's just mm. different world, man. You know what? If you got to dip into your 401k, do it because you're going to be old and you're going to be crapping your pants. And it's not going to matter anywhere. And anyway. you say, hey, I have the time and the money to go skiing now. And it's like, yeah, but you're not in any shape to ski. You want to do it when you can. Do it now. Just do it go. now. Just awesome. do it. All right. Well, I guess that on those sage <laughs> words of wisdom. I will be taking pictures and posting a ton of stuff. Um, so check out Instagram. Yes. So follow us at Ski Bum Podcast. Perfect way to end this podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Check us out, skibumpodcast.com. Again, follow. You're going to see some beautiful French. Is it, only, is it bordering Switzerland? No, or? this is all France. It's, it's all Don't France, Don't carry baby. my passport this time. You're not going to another country. All France, all the time. Valterens. The three valleys. Club, Club Med, so three valleys. Valterens, Maribel, and Courchevel. Yeah. So we'll be skiing all those. So Mario is going to be making you jealous on the gram. So check it out. At Ski Bum Podcast, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. They'll probably get over there somehow. Usually you post it on Instagram, it goes to the other ones. Right. Gets out there. On YouTube, eventually we'll have videos. Maybe we'll see. Also at Ski Bum Podcast, send us an email. If you have tips for Mario, yeah. I want to or want to just say hi. Welcome. Hi from I don't know, where are you? Michigan, Montana, Minnesota. Where wherever you at? Ski bump podcast at gmail.com. Wherever you're from, Scott with the shop, skibumpodcast.com slash shop. Maybe you got crappy Christmas presents. You want to treat yourself and get one of these. I still got a couple of these left. You got like yeah. two or three more. Go Red return boots. all that Christmas stuff and buy some, uh, some ski bump stuff. If your phone blew up and your hat blew up and you need a new hat, this actually happened to our boy scooter. It happened. Just sent him out a new one. Skibumpodcast.com slash shop. 
Thank you so much for listening. We do appreciate it. Uh, we'll talk to you guys next week. Stay high, stay fluting. See ya.